big rocks and all that sort of thing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So uh, welcome to another uh, absolutely ass-kicking episode of the podcast with my most excellent high self. And my very dear, very close, very close, very dear, friend. esteemed colleague mm. and long-standing friend. <laughs> What's your name again? Yes, yes. John Hot. Yes. Thank you very much. That's okay. Uh, and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> no, today we're going to talk about. We've had a lot of on the on the Patreon, on my Patreon site. Yeah, don't say the Patreon because it doesn't involve me. I don't want it. You know, when the authorities come down, I don't want anything to do with that. Uh, on my very singular Patreon site, um, there was a lot of chatter just before Christmas, various uh, eminences about you know live out. It began with live albums that aren't really live albums. You know, the obvious example, famously Judas Priest. Unleashed in the mm, East, in the, yeah. or as we used to know it in the business, Unleashed, Unleashed in, in the, the Studio. studio yeah. um, but of course, that wasn't very fair to the priest because you could say that. Well, about at least it was the. It, or they, did someone say it wasn't even the cr- right crowd noise? They got the crowd noise from somewhere else. Well, to, this is something I found out many years ago. Um, no one uses the crowd noise. They literally, these days on a computer, you just punch it up. But back then, everybody used to use the cl- uh, the, li- the crowd noise from Live and Dangerous. Yes, that's what I heard, yeah. Live and Dangerous and also the uh, Deep Purple one in maybe made in Japan. I, I, I don't if think they would, so. If they, well, no, if they were doing... Because Japanese crowds sound very singular, don't they? They don't sound like well, I don't know regular crowds. The, the crowd on Made in Japan is, is minimal. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really yeah. quiet. Well, that's why. You, so if you do a Japan, if you do a Japanese album, you want the proper Japanese crowd. Do you know, you because know? gigs in Japan, we should say they all start about five in the afternoon, don't they? Yeah. So you're not going to go. You're not. You know, they come. Are you ready? All right. Like, not really. It's only five o'clock. <laughs> the party hasn't started yeah, the party yet. Definitely hasn't started. Even though Sebastian Bach is insisting that it has. Yes. From the stage. Yes. No, it hasn't. But what about that um, Coverdale and Page live recording? From? <laughs> oh, there was some controversy. Was it called Live and Starkers or something? Yeah, some Starkers, Starkers in, in Tokyo. Tokyo, something like that. That's not uh, at all a Coverdale. Uh, yeah, no, it definitely came more from the Coverdale side. Although, to be fair, Jimmy Page probably has far more in common with Coverdale than Robert Plant. In, yeah, in that regard. respect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, sorry, just sipping some some mead Um, all live albums after a certain point as far as I can tell are essentially and I don't want to say faked Kevin Shirley the producer put it to me like this when he was producing uh, the Led Zeppelin multi-disc DVD in 2003 cunningly called DVD Uh, that's got uh, the live concert at the Albert Hall, live in Madison Square, um, a, a live show in Australia, live at Nebworth, various other bits. And it took him months and months and months to put it all together from the original film. But he said to me, you know, because um, I remember at the time it came out, I did the notes for took him. It took him months and months at <laughs> $10,000 a day. <laughs> Hello, Jimmy, no, it's not quite finished yet. I've still got to tart up the uh, Albert Hall gig. Uh, I remember when it came out, there were a lot. It's still reasonably early days of YouTube, but there were quite a lot of people um, putting up 
the original clips and comparing it to yeah to what and, it actually came yeah and, and was kevin in the back room on the guitar <laughs> <laughs> yeah well let's it. just say he was able through with the wonders of modern technology yeah. he was able to to bring the colors out back, in yeah, the sound yeah yeah, he retrieved the in, the original intent, yes. if not necessarily the actuality. Yeah, not the actual notes that were played on the night. <laughs> These are the right notes, but not yeah. e- not necessarily the specific One, notes of yeah. that particular, particular night. Yeah. But this is what he meant to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, he he and Zeppelin were notoriously one night amazing, one night terrible, particularly Page. Um, but he said to me, and I thought this is a very persuasive argument. He said, "Look, anybody can go on YouTube. Anybody can buy bootlegs. All good. That's a that's a yeah. completely yeah. different experience. But if you're going to put together a lavish box set and, and sell it for a lot of money, um, it is essentially it's an entertainment enterprise in the same way that recording a brand new album might be. You wouldn't expect." Um, well, these days anything goes, but you wouldn't expect back in the day the brand new album to be all ragtail and ter- wrong notes and all oh, the vocal sounds a bit shit there. And, you know, as far as he was concerned, that's how you had to look at uh, live DVDs and because of the 5.1 surround sound. And it, it, you don't buy a Ferrari and then. And then yeah, this is true. This uh, is and true. then expect it to plough a field, you know. Yeah. Um, so I was very persuaded by that. But in the course of that conversation, he was reminding me how this has always been the case. He said, um, he said uh, the one time he met Mutt Langer, both of them from South Africa, both musicians that go on to become very famous producers, particularly Mutt, of course. Um, so they had a little bit in common. But Kevin's in, I don't know what he's doing, some studio in New York, I don't know what he's doing, Dream Theatre or something. Yeah. Mutt is in there um, producing the live Shania Twain right, TV yeah. spectacular, which is all performed live in front of an audience. But it's like a DVD and it's going to be a live TV show and all this, or broad, uh, on TV, broad, a live concert broadcast on TV. He said, Mutt's in there just fixing everything, you know. Uh, and he said, well, of course. If you, people are going to sit down at home and watch TV. Yeah, you don't want to hear the no. bass player no. screw it up. And that's, you know, that's the early 90s. You know, that's nearly 30 years ago. Yeah. So these days, if you're watching whatever it might be, your favourite band play live, or in the case of my kids, you know, some pop star. Um, and I'm always telling them, they're not really playing live. Yeah. Santa Claus yeah. isn't real yeah. kids. The devil is. Yeah. You know, I tell them that, you know. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, you can hear her breathing. You can hear her. And I'm going, nah, yeah. nah. They, they just add that in. Um, but it has always been the case that, that uh, in the earlier days, they couldn't just do it on, with technology because there wasn't any. But, you know... Scorpions famously had a different drummer on all the albums. A different ba- Jimmy Bain played on some of the Scorpions albums. Did he? Yeah. Mm. Um, I heard for a long time that Priest had a drummer under the stage. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love those kind of myths because you're under the stage. How does that actually work? How many stages can you get underneath? And what would the drums sound like we from mic underneath? It up, this? Mic yeah, it but up. it'd be like. No, not if there's mics. <laughs> Look, if you mic it you're up, telling me, it's coming the out te- of the no, The technology doesn't exist to you know do this and the other, but it did exist to, to mic, mic up, up the drums. To set up a drum kit under the stage. Yeah. Every gig, yeah. they could go yeah. under the stage oh, yeah. 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 and mic it up, and it would and the actual drums that the other bloke was hitting. Yeah, how? What did they do with Doing those? Because you could still, you, you could still hear them. Oh yeah, but that's like Nick Mason in Pink Floyd, you know, Pink, Pink, Pink. No, seriously, I wouldn't go there. Absolutely, he, they, they make no bones about it. When they did their last sort of live shows in '94, and they did it at the end of the '80s with um, what was that one out of the album they did when they came back without Roger Waters? Momentary lapse of reason. No. Whoa. 
And I, I was it was Division Bell. No, that was ninety four. Oh, the, right. the sort of eighty eight, eighty nine. Oh yeah, it was momentary. That's yeah. the reason. Yeah. Um, they had like twelve musicians on the stage, but in in shadow. So the spotlight is on Nick Mason, who who it's amazing to me. He's a drummer. He looks far mm. more like a sort of bloke pottering in the garden. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So there he is doing his pitter patter. But over there is this fucking beast of a drummer, really giving it. Mm. Uh, plus keyboard. I mean, Snowy White used to be in Pink Floyd, but yeah, you never did, know yeah, it. And yeah, loads yeah. of them, like Andy Fairweather Low and all these people. Um, so I think it's always been a part of the show. It is a show. But these days, uh, not only are not only is the tech available, but I mean, I suppose you can. But people do, don't care, do no, they? No, that's right. But I, I suppose if you go and see Floyd, what you want, you know, they're known for their soundscapes, aren't they? So if you've listened to Dark Side of the Moon, you know, thirty thousand times, that and day. the Wall fifty thousand times, yeah, you know every note. So yeah, they need to faithfully, and it probably, I mean, I don't know, but on those albums, it's probably like Dave Gilmore multi-tracking the guitars oh yeah you know day after day well you yeah. can't do that on his own in a, in a show can it no so. and, and you and you need, so you need that. snowy white you, you do. need sn- snowy <laughs> what are you doing down down, yeah, down 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 that's what i'm doing dave whatever you, i'll tell you what i'm doing dave whatever you say yeah that's whatever what you pay yeah whatever that's you what pay I'm is doing. whatever you say yeah Whatever you say is, I get paid. Yeah. And they've got those two girls wah, doing the backing vocals. Yeah. Sam, Sam Smith was one of them on the Division Bell tour. Remember Sam Smith? Oh, yeah. I don't, no, I do. She had a hit, Stop. Stop yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That Joe yeah. Bonamassa later did an excellent <laughs> cover of. Well, you missed him out of the boring episode, oh, didn't we? Did, didn't oh, we? God. Fucking hell. Jeez, King of the Bores. Yeah. How well, boring is it? Let's he? have a little sidebar before sidebar, we continue with this Joe scintillating. Who, who, who has released many, many live albums? I'm of sure. course. I mean, he can't pick up a guitar without fucking recording it. No, no. And then there will be the uh, wonderful video that we haven't seen 50 times already mm. of Joe in the studio wearing mm. cans <laughs> and always in the fucking corner, Kevin Shirley in his white shirt. Yeah. So sort of giving it the thumbs up. Yeah, again, up. keep going, Joe. Yeah. We'll get another, get another album out of this. Getting good. Yeah. Yeah. Getting good. That's been the same video for about fifteen years yeah. now. Yeah, but it seems to work yeah. for Joe. But so, are you it's saying a, Joe is boring? Well, I did go and interview him once, some place in Carnaby Street, and it was supposed to be a celebrate. He'd invited like um, it was a special gig because all his gigs are special. Gigs oh yeah, very special. Yeah. For just members of his fan club or something like that, and they'd had to be in a raffle and they'd been drawn out and. The excitement duh, never duh, starts. Duh, duh. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, oh, I'm going to play this song, and then I'm going to play Did it go like this? that song. Yeah. Yeah. Will you be staying for the... No. Sorry, I've just, you know. Would you like to hang out late? No. No, no, thank you. Would you like to come to the soundtrack? No. Oh, God, no. You must be joking. Definitely don't you want to see the sound would come to the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He is, I think it's a shame we missed him out in, in the, the boring. The boring people, episode. yeah. But yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sure, I, I haven't spoken to him at any length, but I'm sure the longer you did speak to him for, the more boring he would become. Absolutely yeah. not, John. I yeah. think that's very unfair of you. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember... Um, I was actually working with Joe on his... Ah, m- here it comes. Now, we, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. All the, I, before we did the boring episode, I listed a load of people and that he said couldn't be on the podcast because he'd worked with them all. It was impossible to think of boring people that he hasn't worked with. No, no, no. Joe, Joe is fine. Um, uh, I got on very well with him. It was very pleasant. Um, but... I remember working on his memoir, which in the end he decided not to put out. <laughs> Once he'd read what you fucking wrote. <laughs> I made him sound too interesting. Yeah, that's I right. Think that's this isn't... No, no, no. Every Sunday, Mick, <laughs> I clean my kitchen. I don't go to girls, girls, girls on Sunset Strip. I remember when I was working on this, I was talking... In the days I used to talk to Alan Niven a fair bit on the phone, yeah. the former Guns N' Roses yeah, yeah. manager. Yeah, he definitely is not boring. Definitely not boring. He's like, whatever whatever the opposite <laughs> yeah. of boring is, yeah. that's Alan. Yeah. And I was telling him about this, and he was sort of going, he went, oh, oh, he goes, um, trying to be polite. He goes, um, isn't that a bit vanilla? 
<laughs> and I went, do you know yeah. what, Alan? It's fucking vanilla. It yeah. is. But he's a great guitarist, and I'm sure his fans will love this book. And I'm sure they still would if it would ever fucking come out. Yeah. Not that I'm bitter. Um, how do we get on to so did you, so you did the whole book. You did yeah. the whole book yeah. about Joe Bonamassa. Well, no, it was in Joe's... I, I ghosted it. Yeah. You know, so it's Joe's autobiography. Right. But I did also talk to his mum and dad, talk to Kevin Shirley, yeah. his uh, manager, Roy um, Wiseman, right. and a few other bods. Um, it, it's, I've still got it. It's, and it's what really it and they all said to a man, he's a lovely bloke, <laughs> bit on the dull side, talks about guitars a lot. Um, no, they didn't. No, they all talked about what a pleasure he was to work yeah. with. Yeah. No, there were some like, nice rough bits in there. I managed to, you know, kind of get to that. But um, I wanted to call the book, which I thought was fairly fitting, Where Did It All Go Right? Right, yeah. Like that? Yeah, like that's that? right, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, a bit boring? Right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're not doing the boring episode yeah. more, but we will come back to that. We're talking about live. Yeah, live. So how do we get to... Because I said Joe Bonamassa was done about a hundred live albums. He's that sort of person. But what I was going to say is that I wonder if this. I get what you're saying about all of the new technology, and that is exactly what happens. But bands these days do that live album on demand thing, don't they? So as you leave the gig, yeah, they'll say if you want a recording of tonight's show, mm-hmm. you just you know but, put but, your email in or whatever. But that's a recording of a manipulated live sound anyway. Because it, it is, yes. It is, but you are at least, they're not like going home and tarting up every gig on the tour. Well, how many bands still do that? I know that was kind of a thing in the late 90s, like Pearl Jam, every, to, well, beat, you, to beat the bootleggers you know, you know every who, fucking exactly. show. And you, yeah, here's a box of 30. Yeah, oh, yeah, but Pearl Jam hundreds shows. of them on their yeah. website, you know. Yeah. Well, no, well, I'll tell you who did do it, because my <laughs> friend Richard. It's your old chum, Francis Rossick. Oh, when they did the Fabulous Four, or whatever they were called. Frantic Four. Frantic Four. They Every night, they did that because my mate Richard bought them. Really? Cause, yeah, because it's like every night. They have, oh, it was a different show. That All but, Francis does these days is talk about how terrible those shows Yeah, but were. they definitely did do the... Because I think what they were doing was saying these are very... You know, because they could have they they did Hammersmith Odeon, I think, mm. but they could have sold out much bigger venues because that was the show all of the hardcore quo community wanted to see, wasn't it? The original of which Lingy is line, the leader. Lingy, Lingy is the the band leader. Yeah, absolutely. Um, He's the role model. Yeah, he, he is. Do you um, know he still sits there at quo gig? Not frantic forms; they wouldn't have done this, but. At quo gigs, whenever Margarita time, when they play a lot, yeah. Lingy makes a point of sitting there like this with his fingers in his yeah. ears. So everyone's sitting yeah. around him in the hall yeah. is looking, going, why is why that is bloke? Got, yeah. you know, and the other, he does it to another one as well. He's a, he, he does, he hates that one. Burning Oh, come on, Bridget. we all fucking hate that. I love that one. It's one of my favourites. Because what you start, live, live, I used to love that because... Um, they probably still do it now, but this is when Rick was still in the band, right? They they would all like pogo, you know, uh, through the whole sort of the yeah. chorus, dead and dead, up and down, dead, dead and dead. I used to look thinking, Parfit's going to have a fucking heart attack any second. <laughs> He's already had about six. Yeah. This is his next one right here now. Because yeah. yeah. Francis is very physically fit. The same could not have been said of Rick. No. That is true. Yeah, but anyway, so they recorded every night. Right, right. Of the Frantic Four. I mean, you can imagine how identical they would have been. Yeah. Well, I don't, again, I mean, we're going back a few years with that. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that thing is, is a thing anymore because uh, talking to Neil Sean, I, th- I have a feeling mm. we've mentioned this before, yeah. but he was saying, um, this is about three years ago when I was working on a book with him that never came mm. out. Um uh, and we were talking about, because they were touring with Def Leppard, the Journey and Def Leppard tour of 2018. Yeah. And he was talking about the amount of tech that Leppard yeah. have in their show. Yeah. Um, which, because they've got such a layered sound, you can see if they can do it, yeah. of course they're going to yeah. do it. Um, and I was saying, wow, they, well, they all, you all do it now, they all do it now. I said, um, at least we've still got bands like the Eagles, you know, who plainly don't. And he looked at me and he's nodded his head. 
we are prepared to pay £200 a ticket yeah. sometimes. Like the Eagles... To sit in a teepee. The oh Eagles are in a wigwam. Yeah. <laughs> Download in 2009, my first, my first return to, as it were, Donnington, yeah. since like the early 90s, they literally had teepees yeah. and wigwams like, yeah. and cappuccinos. Okay. You know this just used to be a field, don't you? That people yeah. pissed in yeah. Pe- into yeah. plastic and bottles worse, yeah. that then hurled at the stage. <laughs> yeah. They would bounce yeah. off of people's yeah. heads and, and Ozzy yeah. would drink it. Yeah, and now I'm sitting in a teepee. Yeah, being served cappuccino yeah. <laughs> by a vegan... Yeah. Hemp-haired, lovely temptress yeah. <laughs> of uncertain years. Yes. Do you know what? That was weird. I had so many bands, the American ones particularly, coming up to me, going, "Nick Wall, it's such a pleasure to meet you, sir." It's an, oh no, not a pleasure. It was no, it wasn't a pleasure. On, no, no, it wasn't a pleasure. pleasure. No, there we go. It's an honour to meet you, sir. Mm. And I'm like. It's an honour to meet you, sir. Why don't you fuck off? How yeah. about that? But that's the Mick Wall they want. That is the performative <laughs> Mick Wall. Honour to meet yeah. you. What am I, fucking 93? Yeah. Cheeky well, cunts. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that yeah. was 2009. <laughs> these days it'd be... That was 15 years ago. Yeah, this, these days be, I thought you were dead. Yeah. You're not yeah. dead yet. You're still writing. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> Some fucker on Facebook... Who I, you know, known briefly, you know, when you go on these trips, you get to know someone sort of really, really well yeah. and then never talk to them again or see them again. Um, it was only about three years ago and uh, he just sent me a message over Christmas. Doing much writing these days? <laughs> no. I'm, yeah. I'm a fucking I'm an dustman now. Yeah. <laughs> I've opened a restaurant. Of, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'm doing a bit much writing. Yes, that's sort of what I do. Um, But back to the shows. Uh... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I remember going to see Led Zeppelin at the O2 in 2007. And it sort of epitomized, and this is 2014 years, 15 years ago this year. And it sort of epitomized where we are now. But for me, slightly ahead of the curve, so I didn't go out so much anymore. But I couldn't believe it, you know, apart from all the, because it's that Zeppelin show, you've got Naomi Campbell and Jeremy Clarkson and whoever. Um, The sound was suspiciously brilliant. And there really were waitresses coming out while you're watching the show, delivering sushi to whoever's ordered it, or or the cappuccinos or the wine. I'm thinking... I kind of like it and I kind of don't. You kind of like it, you kind of... But, you know, things do move on don't they and they, you know that's the well the, the eagles e- even going to see the grateful dead or something now oh yeah like that. absolutely the eagles uh this summer i was looking at it the other day and uh it, i think you know you can spend like you know two grand yeah for the vip yeah. experience yeah. can you and, imagine and you what kind, that is but you kind of want to you know it's almost an element of people that want to do that you know they want it yeah. to be you've got the real, money yeah you've got the money let's let's have the real Let's see it. Let's see it from the side of the stage and all of that kind of thing. You know, meet the band or whatever it is you do. But yeah, but you know what? So so go on. Why this experience has changed? I think, and I I remember seeing a great. There's a guy, a musician called Burial. I don't know if you ever heard of this guy. Burial. Burial. I'm up with the kids. Um, For a long time, no one even knew who he was, and it transpires he's just this this guy from from South London, and he used this. All of his music was completely artificial in that he used samples and all, and he used a very basic sort of band camp program or something to make these amazing, you know, soundscape records. A bit like what, records, we're, doing a bit like what we're doing here. And he said, 
he said this really interesting thing. He said, well, yeah, I always know when the music's right because what you would get on this program running across the screen is a sort of spiky, right. like a fish skeleton, which you oh, see right, running right, across right. the screen right. as the sound goes up. And he goes, I know when I see that shape. That's what it, So that was his musical training. That was and the that shape was, that would yeah, have most yeah, appeal. Yeah, and that, and that was how effective. he knew, you know, that was how he understood music. And you think, right, that's the mindset of a generation that grew up with digital music. Yeah. And so they would find nothing strange no. about the use of technology to make that music. They don't think it's weird. You know, we have this thing about, oh, he didn't really play that. He didn't play that. Can you not play anymore, Jimmy? Can you not play it like you used David to? Coverdale, yeah. using a machine. Yeah. Can't he hit can't, the yeah, high note? He, he managed no, 85 years old. Yeah, of course he, he can't. Exactly. So I think, you know, that it's, it's our perception. It's a generational perception. You are absolutely right. Uh, and I think there's always been uh, this kind of prejudice that has always turned me off, you know, that so-called purist. And I was, I was the other night, flick, flick on the TV, and there was um, the Martin Scorsese Dylan documentary, Don't, uh, no, um, No Direction Home. Yeah. And uh, it, it contains footage from the original, I think it was Murray Lerner, um, that moment at the Newport Folk Festival in 65, I think, where, where Dylan brings out an electric band. Yeah. And it, 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 it's like, it's hard to describe the controversy. <laughs> yeah. um, Phil Ox was looking for an axe to cut the cable. <laughs> and they had these guys that were there talking even now. It's like the famous New York folk poet, Dave Ban Donkin Donkin, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Dylan kind of sold out when he did that. I, I lost a lot of respect. Yeah, yeah, lost a lot, yeah. yeah, it's like, who the fuck yeah. are you, yeah, mate? Yeah. And then there's a great clip from D.A. Pennybacker's documentary, Don't Look Back. And he's in Manchester or somewhere in England. And it's the same thing. And it's the, it's the famous occasion, I think it was Leeds maybe, famous occasion where someone in the audience shouts out, Judas! Right. And Dylan... You can see it's like because you know we, it, it wasn't like oh I can handle this. It was really like wow what you know, and so he sort of things he goes uh, I don't believe you. You know it's a bit of a feeble response, but it's, he's really caught off guard. And then you can see him thinking yeah when you think I wish I'd said yeah, yeah. something better said, yeah. yeah wish I'd just said priest. <laughs> yeah. And he turned to the band and it was off mic, but they, they pulled it up. Yeah. He turned to the band. He went play it fucking loud. And they turned around and they went to Maggie's Farm or something. And, yeah. it, and it, it really was like a barrage. It was like Nirvana or something, mm. you know. So I think this, 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 you know, this way of looking at authentic music and musicians. Because also rock music, unlike the Dylan thing, for instance, or, or the new digital generation, album-oriented rock band come from that tradition of he is the greatest guitarist yeah exactly yeah. he is the it's greatest drummer yeah 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 you can't i mean that's why punk was so completely different they mm. were like no 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 it's better if you can't play you know mm. whereas you know tell that to to richie blackmore or, or yes or pink floyd yeah. it's about virtuosity it's about elevating what was pop music into what we called rock music which was a much uh, grander proposition and it was about, oh yeah, we don't do it for the money. We are we are gifted artists and blah 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 blah. So I I can see why at this end of the rainbow, that mindset is going. Well, it's just fake. It's not yeah, it's real. Fake. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. When in actual fact, you look at any other art, even the early years of orchestral music, the idea of an orchestra was that they do it the same every time. Yeah. That's why there's loads of them. Yeah. They do it exactly the same every night. Then you get this weird kind of rock music. You know, um, as you say, you know, I'm a virtuoso and I can do this, that and the other. I'll extemporize every night and it's a kind of extension of jazz or something. Exactly. You know, but but then you think of any other art form. You don't like go and see a half finished painting by some, <laughs> you know, Picasso. Or something. Oh, yeah, he didn't bother finishing this one. So he's showing it to you. See, if you'd well, been here yesterday, see, yeah, if you'd yeah, been yeah, here well, yesterday, go, that yeah, one he did yesterday yeah, was really yeah, good. This one today, Picasso, not so good. Come watch Picasso paint live. Yeah, no one does it. No, come and watch Mick Wall finish his book. You know, you don't. No one fucking does. Maybe no. they'll pay for. Actually, on the Patreon, you can. It's a good idea. Get a, a little camera in the corner of the room. Go, Do you want to watch him write his book? You know, 
<laughs> but I mean, no one. You know, you present them with the finished book, and they read the finished book. They don't read it like six months ago. You know, I mean, you don't probably just do the first thing that comes into your head. But well, see, other when people... you're when you're a sort of on a Mozart sort of level, yeah, you don't have to overthink it. You have to you you have to sort of get out of the way of the energy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. You just you don't want to get between the genius and the page. Yeah. So you try and sort of tune out <laughs> and just allow the lightning to yeah. strike. Oh, it's going to be a mate that webcam. I really want to see that. <laughs> okay. Here I think is where this whole thing cuz I'm I'm down with it all. I mean Francis Rossi was saying to me and again mentioning Quo I don't think they would ever do that Frantic Four thing live album every night because well maybe maybe they would that's a different thing maybe they would but he was saying this is just a few months ago even Quo who you imagine as this kick-ass yeah which they always were he was saying you have to use the technology otherwise you sound like the worst band yeah. they, this these people have seen in ten years because everybody every, yeah. is doing yeah. it. It's a bit like to take it to an extreme. It's a bit like everybody's electric and you're not. It's that big a difference, apparently. Yeah. However, when it comes to the authentic experience, so we were talking about. Uh, I said two thousand. It might be one thousand. It might be fifteen hundred. Might be even more than that. But you know the the VIP experience. Yeah. People spending a lot of money to have that moment with their favorite artist or whatever. Um, Elton John on his farewell tour had this thing going uh, where you pay a, a lot of money. Yeah. Again, I'm going to say that's the common factor in all of these things. You I'm pay gonna, a lot of money. You, it, this is Elton, so it's like two mm. grand or something. And again, if, if I'm wrong about that, I apologise. But a lot of money. Francis, for his meet and greets on the tour I did with him, it was seventy quid. Right? Yeah. But Elton was hundreds or thousands, and um, he's not even there. It's his piano. Right. It's his piano. Yeah. People pay the money to go and be photographed. Wow, yeah. With but his actually, piano. that's quite good, isn't it? You know, I'm uh, now I'm thinking actually, yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Here's what's also good. Is it really the same piano every night? No, no, because I mean, in state, let's not get into the lapping ahead. You need two stages and two sets of kit. And you send the piano on yeah. the fucking road, mate. Yeah. He's not going to let people touch his fucking piano before mm. a show, is he? No. Of course not. No. People have their hands chopped off for that by Queen Elton. But it's a piano that he might have played. I know. It's yeah. a lot of money to have your photograph taken with yeah. any, I mean, old, uh, any old yeah. Joanna. But I mean, in the end, no, you know, no one's making them do it, are they? <laughs> no. It's not compulsory. No, and I'm sure a lot of people are, you know... They're aware he's not there, and this is all a bit of a con, really, or not a con. I want to no, say it's con. Not, it's it's a, not a con because he's telling you you can have your photo done with my, with my piano. piano for two. It's like saying you can have your photo done with my keyboard for fifty quid. Now, only fifty. You know, well, all right, a hundred. Whether or not people take you up on that, <laughs> you're still making an honest offer. But what if I was to say to him, look, if you come to a venue at such and such a time yeah i'll write you a poem that's um, different <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same poem every time it's really no. not honestly it's not no, like honestly, those guys not. on the south bank who do it yeah <laughs> no if i say look if you come to a certain venue at a certain day at a certain time and you pay 50 pounds you can have your picture taken with my laptop yeah i mean obviously for comic effect here i'm exaggerating a bit but at the end of the day i mean what is it about? What's it about? Well, it's just that connection, isn't it? It's the connection. You have to think about something that you're enthusiastic about, mm. and not jaded and bitter. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, do you want your picture taken at Bukowski's writing desk? Ooh. And you go, yeah, I do. Yeah, Ooh, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, would I pay two hundred dollars to do that? Yeah, it'd be a bit of fun. You know, it would be there. I am at. Bukowski's desk you know it's it's that it's yeah, yeah. that that they're yeah, tapping yeah. into no no you're, you're right oh, I mean uh, another great example f f of your point Francis Bacon you know the, the famous artist debauched aristocratic wonderfully talented genius guy his studio which was a big room in his house uh, I don't know if you've seen pictures of it but mm. it was the most 
you know, um, untidy doesn't even begin yeah. to do it justice. It is monstrously overstuffed and filthy and to the point where it it became a work of art on its own. And after he died, a famous uh, museum in Dublin, because he was originally Mm. Irish, paid to have the whole room, like everything itemised, photographed, so that everybody knew exactly where every last bit of shit and dust went. Um. And, and took it down and reconstructed it yeah. for this museum in Dublin after his death. And I would go and see that. Yeah, because you're getting a sense of what mm. it was really like. So mm. I suppose there's that, you know, they, that's, what you're, that's what you're tapping into. So do you think if I was to reproduce my office, <laughs> yeah. when I say office, I mean, yeah. you know, the smallest room in the house yeah. without a toilet seat in it, uh, and, and, you know, Full of abandon Look, and free you can, thinking. All you can do is put it on your Patreon and see what happens. <laughs> or you can do one of those books where they do different rewards. You know, you go like, well, if you buy it for the tenner, you just get the paperback. But if you buy it for 25 quid, I'll sign it. If you buy it for 50 quid, you know, you come round and I'll, you know, give I, you a I, kiss. Or I something. think that's a great idea. I'm going to put it on my Patreon site. Under a tear, what you called, should do. under a tear, no, under a tear called ripping off the kids. Yeah, yeah, you should. And you should do so. You can pay to come and sit while we do this podcast. You know, now that's an offer. <laughs> There's an offer for you. They could sit here with cocoa and metal pug and have I, their picture taken yeah, with him. But I want some of the money. Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> or I'll just send a recording of myself. <laughs> but it'll be authentic. All authenticity. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything clever to say to end it. What have you got no, to say? I don't know. No, no. We're mean, not just, even here. Just, Let's be like, honest. We're not it's even just a, here. Just occasionally, you stumble upon a YouTube clip of someone who hasn't quite got the money for all the new <laughs> technology. In, in the course of the dialogue on the site about this, one of the people was saying, um, making a good point, saying, "If if you, if I go down my local rock club or whatever it is, and I see the band." Now they that that's a bad yeah that's the, yeah and I, and I think my response was you're absolutely right but you what know they if they ever like? have a hit record trust me yeah they'll be upgrading yeah because they've got to yeah I mean it's fine I think you get you get that thing where you like if you're seeing you know for argument's sake fish in <laughs> in, in a small club then you accept that okay it's not going to sound like misplaced childhood or whatever. I think but, if you see, hang on, I think if you see fish <laughs> at Wembley fucking stadium, you accept it's not going to be quite as it is on the record. Yeah, but no, back in the day, no, you, but this is the point, you say that back in the day, but I would, I would suggest that were he to reunite with Marillion and you did see them at Wembley stadium order, you would now fucking expect it to sound exactly like misplaced childhood. And it would sound exactly like misplaced childhood because you've not got any other choice. If you're, if you're charging a hundred quid a ticket, that's or what I'm saying. Two about, grand or two grand. Because if you're in the little club, yeah, you're accepting it's a club show. I'm up close. Mm. It's fish and a couple of blokes I've never seen before. You know, that's fine for, for Invest. 30 quid or whatever, but, it ain't fine for... Which brings me... By the way, that's exactly what I said to Mark Kelly, which you won't read in the book, because apparently in the book it was a famous agent said this to him. We've got the well, technology. You don't even have don't to be, see don't the bloke. bitter about no, that. No, no. We I, did explain this to you. That I, I don't people think... People can have the same conversation with other people. Yes, but I had it first, yeah. you see. <laughs> I had it first. I think it was perhaps more... He could I, produce bet, an I bet appendix. Mark took that to the agent. Yeah, perhaps he could produce a really interesting appendix to the book of... <laughs> Other people who said similar things to him. No, no. Other people that came to him with a serious offer from Universal. Because <laughs> okay. I, I, I know a top executive at Universal. Yes, yes. Yeah, we top all man, know him. top man. We all know him. He's known yes. for his productivity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and always never, forging ahead. Never knowingly done anything before. Like the man who produced the Kerrang yearbook after Christmas. <laughs> That's right. Wasn't it like three months it was later? Like it came out in March or something. For the, it was, you know, it, yeah. it, when I first used to work at Kerrang, and you know, you go to the printers. In those days, it was every two weeks, and Jeff hadn't fully taken over, so it was Dante Benuto and Malcolm Dunn. Yeah. 
And poor Malcolm, in those days, I mean, as Malcolm got older, he got more bitter and you'd get the truth. But in those days, he never, ever said a bad word about No, anybody. just an enthusiast. Huge yeah. enthusiasm. Yeah. Even the most awful wankers, he would just yeah. be super nice. And he would come back from the printers almost ready to kill someone. <laughs> yeah. Because Dante had held, literally held up the presses because he discovered a comma in the wrong place. Yeah. 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 Or he hadn't commissioned the cover story. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. Anyway, we, we digress. We digress. That Do come we... to Mick Wall's Patreon <laughs> and go under the, what was it called? The bit, you know, ripping off the kids. Oh, yeah, ripping look off the, the kids. Look for the tag, ripping off the kids. I love that. That's a really good idea. Because yeah. we're going to be doing merch. Oh, of course. And we're going to have Johnny James Hotton, the great interrupter on there. Yeah. Are we? I've just decided. Yeah. So we are, yeah. Get a picture yeah, of you. Yeah, great. Yeah. 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 So that thing you're saying with Marillion, you need the technology because if you're charging millions of pounds... Guns and Roses, my friend, is yeah. the supreme example. Yeah. Because if you do go on YouTube, which I had to do many times in the course of writing my several books, you'll find uh, completely live, authentic clips up close of Guns and Roses on the Use Your Illusion tour um, when he was still Axel. His voice is terrible on some of those, mm. as it would be in a and two also, year I mean, let, let's face it, Slash ain't the sort of. <laughs> maestro of the guitar every night is he not in Depending those it. days yeah, yeah. He's, not, he's not a mathematical no, genius no he's not he's not your sort of steve howe type he's not exp yeah. exploring different scales no. and tuning <laughs> well not intentionally no. yeah. <laughs> um uh but there they are and it's like fuck man his voice is rough and then you cut to 15 years later. This is, yeah, this is, and it's this a is, wow, wow. It's better child. than it was on the record. Yeah. You know, or exactly as it was yeah. on the record. And you go, okay, okay, this is a bit wanky to me. But when they did get back, now they are back with Slash and Duff. When they started doing that in 2016, yeah. to this day, but I noticed it very much so to begin with, people doing the selfies at their shows women and men of that age where they weren't even born when Use Your Illusion came out. They weren't, you know, th these are like 18-year-olds, 22-year-olds. They just want to see what they've read about. They, they don't yeah. care if it's... If no, it's, but, if no it's, exactly, you know, exactly. They just I, want a I great, just thought, like going to see a movie. You what, while you bang. were saying that, I have just thought of a fantastic <laughs> money-making idea. Oh! I'm going to call it Super Karaoke. And what it is, is that, you know, like karaoke, it's just your voice. Yeah. But with the technology, surely you can now reproduce, for example, Axel's voice. So you sing into a microphone and what comes out is Axel's voice, but what you're singing. So you could be going, well, yeah, and Axel's voice comes out. Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? You'd pay for that. And with virtual reality, or, yeah, or you, yeah, like you do it. As, you or click, you, or you could suddenly be, even look like you could him. be Steve Perry. You know, all of a sudden you can't sing, but you sing into this microphone. Oh, well, where is the one someone who's happy? Sorry, did, you say, did you say Steve Perry or, or did you say Steve Harris? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or Bruce. You could be Bruce. You know, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, whoa, you have a visual whoa. of all the fans. Super karaoke, super karaoke. That's what I'm calling it. Enhanced karaoke, hyper karaoke, for those for men that do for those about to rock. <laughs> That's a, oh, oh, oh. It's uh, we, we better, better edit this time. bit out. It's just yeah, too good it's an too idea. Good, yeah. Meanwhile, I do think we, we are going to have a tier called ripping off the kids. Yeah, get it up there for next. Get a week. shirt. Yeah. Mick Wall ripping Mick off Wall. the kids. And a picture of you. Just Mick Wall <laughs> ripping off the kids yeah. since you know. Oh. 1975 marketing genius that was all, and my other great idea was for merchandise where you'd have like a t-shirt and it would be poison you know say poison <laughs> but it'd have a picture of bon jovi but it wouldn't that would be it you wouldn't That's it. It, yeah there'd yeah. be no explanation see if anybody even just noticed no it'd just be funny you know, poison bon jovi <laughs> warrant but it's a picture of thunder you know just be great or um uh or like led zeppelin marillion it's a picture of genesis Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. This is the way to do it. You Led Zeppelin is a picture of Marillion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Iron Maiden is a picture of Saxon. 
<laughs> and Harry would be going fucking mad. David Lee Roth, and it's a picture of Sammy Hay. Yeah, yeah. She got, <laughs> look, how good is that? Yeah, we're definitely going to have to edit this out because yeah. this is clearly a money-making yeah, entry. it is. Yeah. Where, where, by the way, where are all the sponsors that are supposed yeah. to be handing us money. dough for yeah. these... Great These ideas. Great ideas yeah. and wonderful repartee, insightful analysis. Because we still haven't spoken to the productive man at the record company about my idea of worst of albums. Well, so it was our idea. Our idea. I think it was more our idea. It was idea, more Paul really. Elliott's idea, but we've got it now. No, no. Paul Elliott, Paul Elliott was in the area. He thought of it, but it's sort of the idea that we were going to think of. I- exactly. Yeah. Well, we've finished it. Yeah. And we have the contacts. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We... But we will remember Paul as we remember as all we the little yeah, people. This, yeah. <laughs> and on that, uh, on that bombshell. Beneficial note. Yes. Goodbye. Roll up, roll up. Yeah. Ripping off the kids. That's good. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How do I stop this, Fern?